So today we have Jen Nash with us, who's going to be talking about how to talk to your spouse or partner about money without fighting. Uh, welcome, Jen. Thanks for joining us and look forward to talking about this topic. Uh, tell me a little bit more about what you're going to cover and let's jump right in then. Great. Well, thank you, Brian. Um, and thank you for anybody that's um, here live and for anybody that watches the replay later, I appreciate you sharing your minutes with me this morning. And Brian, thank you for offering this platform um, for us to be able to come and talk about some of these topics in a safe environment and an environment where everybody else has gone through the same thing. So um, yeah, so today I'm just going to talk about um, some guidelines on how to talk to your spouse or your partner or um, a family member, a parent, a child, a uh, roommate about uh, just to have these money conversations in a way that's a little bit more structured so it doesn't become so emotionalized and triggering for so many of us. So um, I usually like to start out my conversations with a couple of questions. Um, so whether you're watching the replay or you're here live, um, I just want you to think about a time and ask yourself if you've ever had a negative conversation with anybody about money. Yeah, I, I, every time I ask that question, it's almost 100% yes. I don't think you can really get through adult life um, without having a conversation or many, many conversations um, that can be negative about money. So, um, and then if you think back to those conversations, uh, how many of you think that if there was maybe some gutter guards or some structure or some more boundaries around that conversation that it maybe could have gone a little better? Once yeah. money is involved, it gets personal. It does. <laughs> yes, it's a very triggering topic for a lot of people. And um, so I know that in today's world, especially, there is, uh, you've probably heard of it. Um, if you don't know it very well, most of us have at least heard about the concept that pretty much anything you do is going to be 5% strategy and 95% mindset. And mindset has been getting a lot of attention over the last couple of years. And for very good reason, um, it's the main reason people don't accomplish their goals. Um, but I think that sometimes people can undermine the importance of that 5% just due to its comparative size. So um, I like to kind of circle people back um, and concentrate on that 5%. I believe it's really important because even when you don't know what to feel, you still know what to do. And so I think that that 5% is extremely important to focus on as well, even though it's pretty small in comparison to the rest of the stuff you got to pay attention to. Um, so today, I just want to share some ways to put some intention and structure and gutter guards around those conversations that, um, you know, past and present data, as well as our very own experiences have shown us can be very emotionalized and passionate and triggering in the relationships that we're in. So, um, so before I start, uh, I know there's just a couple of us, but um, does anybody have any tips of their own when, that they've used or that they've heard friends use when they're trying to either start or engage in or get on the other side of a difficult money conversation with somebody? For me personally, I think it would be just carving out space and setting expectations, you know, so they know what they're going into. If you could diffuse the situation before and just say, hey, I'd really love to talk about our finances. When's a good time for you? They go into it not feeling defensive. That's my personal approach. Absolutely. So like planning it ahead of time is very important. So yeah, I think it's those um, 
those last minute conversations or something, a conversation that is triggered by an event is usually not a good conversation to have when it comes to money. So I think you're absolutely right. And and then not making people feel attacked about it to start with, because they're, they're mad before you even start talking usually when, when you go into it like that. So absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's a good segue, Brian, you definitely hit on my very first uh, tip was to carve out a specific time to talk Um, (laughs) to the extent that you can avoid coming home from work and seeing, um, you know, something on the table, a new bottle of perfume on the table. And and then, you know, you're instantly triggered and you guys start having that conversation that is, you know, dead before you even start it pretty much. That's going to be a problem. So Um, If you guys can carve out a specific time to talk about these things, and you don't even necessarily have to have an agenda to start with. Um, Obviously, as a financial coach, I really encourage couples to come together to do their their planning. So their budgeting and their um, discussion about big purchases and how they're going to make big purchases, um, their retirement plans, you know, what are their goals? I think that one of the biggest pieces of contention between couples, at least, is that they very often both have the same end goal, but one, one way to get to it is, is this way. And the other person's way to get to it is this way. And they get so caught up in their routes that they really truly forget that they're trying to get to the same place. So, um, and sometimes that those routes can absolutely tear people apart. And I really like to bring people together um, I, I really like to uncover that diamond in the middle and make that that very thing that's driving them apart, the wedge that's driving them the part, apart, the anchor that actually brings them back together. And the only way to do that is to have some guidelines and some structure and some gutter guards on the conversations. So having that very specific time to talk, um, it isn't even just about, um, you know, let's talk every Tuesday at nine about this. It can be. But it can also just be, um, you know, maybe not date night, maybe not, maybe if you did a a separate date night (laughs) for this particular topic, but, but one of the things is to pair it with an enjoyable activity that can make, even when I have to do something that I don't want to do. And usually my enjoyable activity is coffee. I always (laughs) have coffee with me. (laughs) If I have to make a phone call that I don't want to make, or if I have to be in a meeting that I don't want to be in. If I just sit down and um, take some coffee with me, that it just, it makes it go easier for me. So um, an an enjoyable activity could be maybe, um, maybe you guys are having some drinks together after work, but you got to be careful with that one, right? (laughs) Sometimes it's going out to the coffee shop and having some coffee and just bringing your budget and your planning um, with you. Um, The other thing it means is that if you have a thought or you, uh, a triggering emotion or something when you came home and saw something on the table is to have a place to write it down so that you're not talking about it right then, but it's not getting forgot about. I think we a lot of times think that if we don't address this right now, it's not going to get addressed, but we can table it. Um, We're all afraid that we're going to forget, but find a place to write it down so that when you come together for these specific times, you have that to reference back to. And you can, um, you know, go through your list or go through your budget and you can have an agenda if you really want to, too. Sometimes an agenda really helps people. So um, carving out a specific time to talk and pairing it with an enjoyable activity. Um, And obviously, if you're a parent, you don't want to have kids around. If you're um, 
if, if it maybe you know it's not always a partner sometimes it's just like a roommate or a friend um so you know there's no end to the things that you guys can go out and do while you're simultaneously having this conversation a walk maybe so do you have any advice for there's a lot of people living with family right now uh during covid and post covid mm -hmm. do you have any advice for you know, even parents that start to maybe request that, hey, you're still living here, <laughs> you know, and let's talk about money. I mean, just not to get off topic, but I know a lot of people in that situation. Yes. Um, so you're absolutely right in that. Um, for one, that's a parent dynamic that um, there's been some problems along the way that have led to that dynamic. And it's definitely not going to change overnight. But it, it's the exact same thing. Usually when those conversations happen, it's because the parent in the moment is frustrated about something that that adult child has done. And so mm -hmm. that's when it's all just going to start coming out and yeah. it's not a good time for it to come out. And the child, um, and I don't care if they're, you know, 19 or nine, they're not going to receive that well. None of us really receive that well. So the best way is to carve out space, take a step back and say, listen, I understand your frustration. Let's carve out some time, maybe over the weekend when we're not stressed, and let's discuss it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And then the other thing is to always try to tie it back to, to the goal, um, in that case of the child. What are the goals of the child? And if they haven't figured that out, um, maybe just as a parent, you can help walk them through what those goals could look like. Because anytime you want to motivate somebody to do something, you have to tie it to their own goals. Nobody cares about somebody else's goals, especially kids don't care about parents' goals in mm -hmm. a lot of cases. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, and even in a loving relationship, um, you know, we care about our, our partner's goals to an extent, but we never care about anybody else's goals as much as we care about our own. That's just human nature. Mm -hmm. So um, anytime you're trying to motivate somebody to do anything, if you can circle back and tie it to their goals, you're going to get more traction. Definitely. That's a very good question. Um, so the other thing about whenever you're having um, a conversation about money or a difficult conversation of any kind with anybody, here's my biggest rule. <laughs> Don't be hungry, don't be uncomfortable, <laughs> don't be overly stressed in any way. Uh, we, as humans, again, we actually are constantly being triggered by stimuli and our brains are taking in all the stimuli and it's trying to filter out stuff. And we have constant little nagging aggravations on us all the time that we are so used to ignoring, we don't even realize that they're there. Mm -hmm. So when we are having a conversation with somebody, we want to be very leveled out if we can. And when we don't realize if our clothing are itchy, it is itchy, we're actually up here a little bit. And if we're hungry, it's probably more like up here. Um, if we're still carrying over some some anger from something that happened at work today, you know, we, we might be here. Um, so you have to make yourself very comfortable when you're going to have a difficult conversation. It's the same idea as pairing it with an enjoyable activity. So right. make sure that you eat before you come to that conversation. Make sure that your clothing, you know, is soft and comfortable. I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be pajamas, but workout clothes or stretchy things, yeah. you know. Um, Even tired. I think a lot of us don't realize how tired we are. Exactly. You know? yep. so sometimes a, a good night of rest will solve everything. Yep. Or if you're cold, um, you know, I, I, it took me a long time. I'm in my thirties now. And it took me a long time to realize that I was being very almost autistically. So triggered by my environment. And yeah. it took me a long time to realize that I just need to take care of those things so I can be a more comfortable person in my environment Absolutely. and have more mental energy because of it. Totally.
home. Absolutely. Yep. Um, and then the, uh, the second to last thing is set a time limit. Sometimes those conversations can just drag on and on and on, and you can start bringing all kinds of things into it. And um, also people don't want to start those conversations. They just don't even want to deal with it. But if they know, I mean, we can do anything for a few minutes. We all can put ourselves in a situation if we see the light at the end of the tunnel, if we know there's a hard stop. So um, anytime you're going to have that conversation with somebody and you carve out that specific time, put a stop time on it too. You know, maybe that's 15 minutes, maybe it's five minutes to start with. If you guys have um, a very turbulent relationship or turbulent conversations about money, maybe it's five minutes to start with. You don't have to feel like you have to solve everything in that day. You're just, what you're really doing in the beginning is setting up um, the habits that are going to make you successful in this area as you go along. And we never expect perfection to start with, we got to start practicing. So maybe five minutes to start with, maybe 15 minutes, there's always a hard stop and you can pick it up at your next conversation. So, um, and then the very last thing I just like to say is it's very important that everybody has an opinion um, because we, we often get one that is good with making the decisions and another that is fine just passing off that responsibility to the other person. But that's a very dangerous dynamic to get into because that can set up parent child um, type of relationships. It can set up, you know, like dictator, uh, whatever the opposite of dictator is, you know, uh, power, not power. And the thing is, it's not usually the person that's controlling its fault. It's this person's fault because they passed it off to them. Um, they, they're absolving themselves of any responsibility by not having an opinion that way. When things go wrong, it's all this person's fault. So um, everybody thinks this one's the bad guy. It's, it's both of them. There's both sides to that. So it's just not a good idea to let that happen in the first place. Even if you, even if your opinions are small or, um, um, you know, maybe not very strong, uh, I don't want to say structured, but um, maybe you don't know, right? So number one, maybe you don't care about money as much as your partner. And two, maybe you just don't really even know what you should be doing. So you do want to default to them, but even if it's just um, just some sort of feedback to the extent that you're able and educated to be able to give that feedback, you have to participate. Don't just offload that responsibility because that's a big responsibility to carry and it comes with a lot of resentment and problems down the road, so. Yeah. Yeah, nobody wants a to be in a relationship with a child that doesn't know how to handle their finances. And I mean that in the nicest way, as you do, probably as well. Right. But in any dynamic, what I've seen, and not just money, is that power dynamic where you do get into a, even though it is peers, a parent-child dynamic. Mm-hmm. That becomes toxic really quickly and will build resentment mm-hmm. and anger and the whole relationship goes south. Sometimes. It absolutely does. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I agree with you on that one. Definitely. Yeah. So um, those are just kind of my tips to get people started. Obviously, this topic is one that um, we can deep dive on till the you know as, as long as the day is long, you know. But um, those are just the, kind of the guidelines to get people started. If you just kind of structure it, put some intentionality on it, and put it in a little space. And so there's just a small space of your life, not your entire space on a bad day. Um, Get you moving forward. Thank you for those. And so you can find Jen on the Unite app. Uh, She has her profile. Um, You can find her social accounts. And what's the best way for somebody to reach out to you if they want to connect with you? 
Um, on my um, social media, so on Instagram and Facebook, there's contact information. My website, pricelessfinancialcoaching.com, there's either contact information in there or there's a little form. If you just have a question that you would like to have answered, um, there's a place in there where you can just ask me anything and put in your email address. Um, and then, um, you know, of course, you can you can catch me on this platform. And um, so, yeah, just social media or my website are probably the best places. Okay, perfect. Thank you, Jen. Thank you for sharing those insights. And hopefully we could do a conversation on the deeper podcast um, topic of your choice. I invite you to do that. Uh, I would love that. So just let me know. And again, thank you, Jen, for sharing the tips and insights that support your clients. So thank yeah. you. Thank All you, right. Brian. Take care.